Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 453. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football tonight, along with a whole pile of other things, because that's what we do. Not all of it's special, not all of it's wonderful, but hey, we have fun doing it. Um, let's see what's going on. What's happening in the world that's out there? We, we lost a, a great one in the CFL. We'll talk about uh, Bob Wettenall. Uh, we're going to do some, oh yeah, those current CFL power rankings sound like a good thing to do. Uh, Bob Young's buying beer. I like Bob Young. And uh, Elk signed Derek Moncrief. You know, he's actually getting more money than Adam Bagel. Really? Like, it's a true story. Anyhow, um, yeah, so uh, I know we're going to do that. We're going to review the games this past weekend. Uh, is it just me, or has the CFL really been a snoring league this year? It's really nothing's been really exciting football. It's not been, wow, was that ever awesome. I mean, there's been some excitement. It's, a lot of these games have gone down to the, the wire. It's gone to the last play. We've got, uh, what's his nuts? Um, Cody Fajardo can't throw a pass without him upright. Or actually, I guess that was the crossbar. Uh, but, you know, it's just like, seriously, what – What's going on with the CFL right now? It, it just it seems like, well, we normally have two preseason games, and then the first two weeks kind of suck. Well, is that the first four weeks that we've had because we didn't have any preseason? So now should we be expecting better football from now on in? Uh, I hope so because, you know, I, I, I really, there, there isn't been a team out there that has just played lights out football. I mean, Winnipeg didn't just destroy riders and rides played like shit. Um, so, you know, it's just like, really, Hamilton-Toronto game wasn't that exciting. That's uh, in Winnipeg. I mean, yeah, if your teams, it was an exciting game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I like watching the BC Lions, but, you know, they haven't been playing good football. I can't tell you that I'm impressed with my team right now. Uh, and I know Will can say the same thing about the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, you heard it here first. This Calgary Stampeders team sucks. I think that was his post this week. Uh, he, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And, you know, right from the beginning, we started talking about this, and I looked at the, the different um, lineups for the different teams. I said the Edmonton Elks were going to finish last in the West. I, I honestly did. I said that. And all of the sports commentators, all of them picked Edmonton to be the number one team in the CFL. This, these, these guys were going to be better than the Riders. These guys were going to be better than the Bombers. They're going to be better than the Ticats. Fuck, they're lucky that they're better than the Stampeders. Uh, I really don't think that the Edmonton Elks are that good of a football team. They, they really suck, and Trevor Harris is not playing great football. Yeah, he's the number one star this week. Well, he played a decent game, but he did a decent I hate to say it, a pathetic team. And they get to play them again this week. I, I mean, I don't know when the last time I've been able to say that the Calgary Stampeders played a pathetic game of football, but it seriously, it was. 
Oh, your your mic's open, Will. So if you're gonna sigh really loud, yeah, like that, I know. It'll work. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I sighed. That's why. But it I wasn't sighed. a good game of football. You know, did you were you impressed with the Calgary Stampeders game of football? And before you answer I that was, question, I was. Will McDonald, okay. welcome to the show. How what was that? You cut out. I said, well, I said, welcome to the show, Will. I'm introducing you, oh, Will McDonald, oh, from Calgary, Calgary San Peter's fan. That's him. He's here on the show. Charles is going to be late tonight, so we'll see what happens. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not used to a couple of things, okay? The first thing I'm not used to is Calgary teams losing, okay? That doesn't happen. That hasn't happened since about 2010, Okay. I thought it was so 2004, I've had, but go ahead. No, 2009, they were, that was the year, uh, 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 2009? No, that was not the year. I can't that, remember what year 2009 was, was a, the best Grey Cup game ever. Right, that, that's true. And they, they beat, Saskatchewan beat Calgary in the Western Final. They actually destroyed them in the Western Final. But... I'm thinking the last shitty year we had was the the last shitty year we had was the year um, (laughs) Matt Dunnigan was the head coach in Calgary. Okay. And then they brought in John Huffnagel after that and the rest is history, but I'm not used to seeing them lose. Um, I was a little pissy on Sunday and that's why I put that post on Facebook because you know what? They, they do suck. Okay. They've only won one game this year. And uh, they do have some problems. There's no doubt about it. Would I call them pathetic? No, I don't call them pathetic because I think on any given day, any team can beat any team. And they played well up until the fourth quarter on, on Monday, okay? And then Edmonton scored two touchdowns. So their defense kind of sucks. You cannot... I was gonna. I was saying to somebody, you cannot blame the rookie quarterback because he's playing fantastic. He is. Okay, to be he honest 100%. with you, um, he he has to get some receivers to catch the fucking ball. But that's beside the point. I thought that's what receivers were paid for, but that's just me talking. Um, but you are right about the CFL in general. I I have not been impressed by any team in the CFL. Um, I think Labor Day long Labor Day weekend. I think some teams stepped it up a little bit, but I still think we got a ways to go, and that's obviously because of the layoff and people getting used to playing football again. It's pretty simple. I mean, yeah, the Bombers beat Saskatchewan and and Cardi Fabi, Car, sorry, Cody Fabio, okay, and but. You know what? Were they that impressive? I didn't think they were that impressive. So, I mean, they did play a good game, and they beat Saskatchewan, who's the number one team in the CFL. So, you got to give all due credit to them. But no team has stood out in my mind, to be honest with you. I, I don't think you're going to find standout teams till probably the sixth or the seventh or eighth game of the season, and then the season's almost over if the season continues. That is a big question. That's a big question right there. Um, I found a post today. Uh, Where is it? Here it is. It was from Bob Irving. I think it was. 
that's not it. Oops. Where did this go? Get away. Get away from me. Oh, yeah, I put it up there. Where did they... How come my posts disappeared and called themselves something different? Here it is. Bars announced Saturday's Banjo Bowl rematch with Saskatchewan is sold out. Tailgating is open for the first time this season. It starts at noon. Gates open at 1.30. And most importantly, the CJOB pregame show starts at 1 p.m., followed by the kickoff at 3. Can't wait. This is a thing from... This is exactly what's going to get our fucking season canceled. Okay? I mean, you said that. If we continue with the season, if we get a season, right, it is a full-capacity stadium with tailgating, hanging out, partying with each other, slapping each other on the ass, and drinking beer, and coughing on each other. Uh, This is exactly what's going to get the season canceled. Yeah, but they'll be okay because they don't let vaccinate, unvaccinated people in, so they're safe. No, Hello? it doesn't work that way. They're not. It, okay. it doesn't. It, oh, does, doesn't it, it doesn't work okay. that way. It does not work that way. You know, and 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 I've said this before on the show. Um, once again, last uh, on Monday was my last Stampeder game of the year because after Monday or after the fifteenth of the month, uh, unvaccinated people cannot attend football games. Um, yeah. And my my question to the Stampeders is, why did they make it the 15th? Oh, wait a minute. I know why they made it the 15th, because they had 32,000 people there for Labor Day. And it's all about the money, and that's the only reason they left it open. They could mm-hmm. care less about anything. It's all about the money. And so my question to them is, I've been at four out of seven games this year. How come I can't go to the last three even though I'm not vaccinated. It's just bullshit. Oh, 100%. 100%. You were able to so, go yesterday, but you can't go today. That's correct. There's, somebody drew a that line in the sand correct. and said that yep. this is what it is. And it's a, and, and stupid. I, I honestly cannot understand it. Um. Wear a mask. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's not good. Oh, it was good for the last 18 months. It was mandatory for the eight last 18 months. Now it's no good. It doesn't work. Well, you did You did have to wear a, a mask into the stadium at McMahon this week and on good. Monday. But, good. But the, minute you got to your, but the minute you got to your seat, you could take it off. And how does that make sense? It makes no sense. It never has made any sense. Okay. I mean, I understand going into a restaurant and sitting at your table with your family and, and you know, whoever you're dining with. Hopefully, there's somebody within your bowl, as, as it's supposed to be. And you take off your mask so that you can eat food. That's understandable. Right. But if you want to get up and go get pull tabs, you're supposed to put on your mask. If you want to get up and go to the washroom, you've got to put on your mask. If you want to get up and press the waitress, you, you have to put a mask. Okay, it's because you're now mingling with society as opposed to your close little bubble. Correct. How does that work at a football game? I don't think it does, but I don't know. I mean, I don't understand how somebody with any form of intelligence, just a shred of intelligence, 
can look at this and with a straight face say it makes sense. And, and, and yet that's what massive amounts of corporations and organizations and, and establishments are all doing. Right. Well, you know what? And I, I tend to wonder, because um, like I said, I've been to four football games this year with an average of 20,000 people sitting next to people, talking to people, walking by people, breathing on people. And I'm pretty confident that I don't have COVID. I understand that. And, and I just, I'm thinking these are, these are the biggest gatherings that we've had in the city in the last 18 months, if this stuff is so rampant, how come people aren't coming away with, with, with problems like this right now? Well, because I don't think the cold and flu season is upon us yet, but wait wait another six weeks. Okay. I, I can take that as an answer. Okay. I honestly believe that the decrease in amount of, of uh, COVID cases now is because of vaccine, but because it was summer. And cold mm-hmm. and flu season goes away. And when cold and flu season mm-hmm. comes back, you will see the amount of COVID cases skyrocketing again. And I, I, because it's, it's, it's simple. You, you, the vaccine is an RMDA and it does, I think that's the right acronym, something LGBT. That's correct. That's um, correct. That's correct. Uh, it, it's not an actual, it doesn't create the antibodies for this virus because it doesn't, have, it doesn't contain any part of the dead virus or doesn't contain any part of the live virus or any strain of the virus. So it's not creating any antibodies. All it's doing right now is making you... Uh, modifying your DNA slightly so that you can uh, handle being sick. It's not, it's not preventing you from dealing with the virus itself. And, and this is a, a subtlety that most people are not understanding. It, it, the vaccine really doesn't do you any good. And, and as the CDC, which is the um, – what, what, what does CDC actually stand for now? Why can't I remember what this is? I never, ever knew what it stood for. I, I, I know what it stands for, and I just can't remember. Center for Disease Control. Something for disease control, correct. No, Centers for Disease Control, okay? Centers for Disease Control recently came out and saying that if you took the vaccine in February, it has now wore off. And that you are now at risk for severe, severe, severe infection. Hmm. Okay? Severe. And the head of the CDC used the word severe. And I'm really confused by that because how how is that even possible? Because I can actually quote her here. is um, On August 18th, 
press conference where CDC Director Rochelle Walensky finally discussed the data coming out of Israel. She suggested that people who are vaccinated in January and February are now at increased risk of severe disease. The data we will publish today and next week demonstrates the vaccine effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 infection is waning. Reports from international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Okay. So, you know, what, what, what are we missing here? We went from uh, safe and effective vaccines keeping people from being infected as a solution to the pandemic increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated or we we just like it just flipped on us like make your mind cdc which is it does the vaccine protect you from this pandemic or are you now at increased risk of severe disease i'm confused because i've been confused from day one so now these people who have been vaccinated in January and February and March and April come next month, right? As it gets like six mm-hmm. weeks, six months back and back and back and back, then um, these people now are not only at they're at an increased risk because because of the, the vaccination they can hold greater numbers of virus in their system, and now they're going to get sicker than sick. Because now the vaccine's well, no, not working not. anymore. But they're not because they're going to come up with a booster pretty quick. They'll get a booster. Right. But if I remember correctly, and uh, where am I looking for this here? Um, they, they, they've, just, uh, they've just delayed it. They've just – it's been um, – the word I'm looking for here. It, it's failed its test. So they, they had a booster that was coming out and it now uh, no longer works. It, they, they, they've stopped it. Mm. They've, stopped, they've stopped distribution on it. Okay. So, but does that mean that there's going to be a flu season this year or not? Of course, of course there is. There's a flu season well, every there was year. None. No, there wasn't one last year. I'm sorry? There was no flu cases last year. What are you talking about? Influenza? No, there was none last year. Okay. Would we prefer to call it a viral season? No, no, there was no flu last year. The flu was, was a COVID. virus. There was, there was okay. no flu. There was just COVID. It was, it, it was just replaced by a different virus. Right, but there was no flu. That's okay. what they said. There was no flu last year. Okay? Go, go anywhere you want and look up flu this past year, winter, and there was no flu, according to them. Right, and I understand that. And, and, and it's just, they're just calling it a different name. Because every year there's no such thing as the flu, okay? It's, you, you get a flu shot. We're calling it flu. It's not influenza, which is what the flu is short for, right? Because influenza isn't right. really around anymore. We get a, a, a tip, a virus, 
and it could be N1, H1N1, it could be SARS, it could be anything. They're just different viruses, right? And over the last two years, we've been attacked by the same virus over and over again, which has been COVID. And it, it's, it's just this. It's, it's, so do we get a flu? Yes, we've got a flu right now. The, the strongest one out there right now is COVID, okay? SARS-CoV-2, Delta variant. No, but there's new variants now, apparently. So, of course there are that are that are much worse. That are much worse. So, anyways, bottom line is is I'm sure within ah, six to eight weeks we'll be completely shut down again. So we won't get to the gray cup. And it'll. I think that's what we're on a podcast. We're on a football podcast, and this whole thing got sidetracked. The simple fact is, are we going to finish the 2021 CFL season? I said right from the beginning we shouldn't have started it. Well, um, if we didn't start it, the CFL would be over in my mind. But um, I don't think we're going to make it to December 13th or December 12th, which is the Grey Cup, to be honest with you. Right. So, so but you know, that, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Of course, we could be. I, but remember, March fourteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. March fourteenth, and that was a Saturday, and I remember it oh so well because it was my birthday, and that was the day that we all went into lockdown. Mm. Okay, that was the day that we locked down this country. Okay, and that's when we on this podcast. The, the week after, the week before, um, said that the CFL season is not going to happen. And everybody thought we were crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got the 14 days. You know, we locked down for 14 days. We'll flatten this curve. Okay. But you know what the hardest part of the first four, uh, of 14 days to flatten the curve is? Is the first 18 months. Um, but... Where am I going with this one? This so in, at that time, I said we're not going to have a 2020 season, and we'll be lucky if we have a 2021 season. And all of you guys right. thought I was fucking crazy. Yeah, we still do. So, no, well, I don't think you think I'm crazy. I think you think I'm an asshole, and you'd be right. But I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. There's okay. no way. I just I honestly okay. believed at that point in time that we were not going to get a season in 2021. And all through that offseason, all through that, that pandemic thing, I did not believe we were going to get a 2021 season. I was shocked when they announced that they I, – no, I, I laughed when they announced that they were going season, that they were going to do this. Uh, I was actually shocked when it, it, it went forward. It actually went forward, and we have watched football. I have seen football. Uh, Yes, I, yeah. I just don't think it's going to last. It's it's just not going to last, especially when the bombers are side by side, shoulder to shoulder, uh, drinking beer with each other and passing around the beer snake. Yeah, I can't, I can't dis, I can't disagree with you, and I guess I'm one of the safe ones because I can't go to football games anymore. So, so yeah. I guess I should thank the Stampeders. You probably should, because it, 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 it's probably the only time that you would put yourself at risk. Right. Because I think that you would you, you are have been living a pretty protective lifestyle since this all happened. Have you not? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. But, so, but except but, for when you go to Stampeder games. Right. But I do have the option right now that I can go to a Stampeder game if I get the vaccine, quite truthfully, and I don't want to get into this, but I think that's more of a threat than going to a Stampeder game unvaccinated. Oh, it is. I don't doubt that. I, so. there, was a, there was a woman that came over to visit us the other day on the ranch here, and uh, we were talking about this, and between us, I know two people who have died from COVID, okay? She knows mm-hmm. two people that have died from COVID. Mm-hmm. I know two people who have died within 48 hours of taking the vaccine for no apparent reason. And she mm-hmm. knows three people. So right now mm-hmm. we're at a five to four number on personal experience actually meeting these human beings, Okay. Five to four vaccine is failing. Now, now mm-hmm. the odds the odds of us getting this virus are what? I, I, I think they're very slim. I've made it the first eighteen months without getting it, so I'm kind of hoping that I'm not going to get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the odds of me getting vaccinated are one hundred percent if I let them do it. Yep, yeah, I and, agree. And, and yes, there's a lot of people who have been vaccinated, and millions of people, and without any, absolutely any type of problems. And uh, I'm I'm very thankful that they have survived it. Okay, I just know two girls, one 18 years old and one 20 years old, that are no longer alive because they were but vaccinated. If you, and if you, but if you follow what some people are saying, and I know there's so much garbage out there, and you can't believe everything, but Apparently, the vaccinated people are going to have trouble down the road. So I, you know, my whole philosophy with this thing is very simply, I'm not sick, so I don't take anything when I'm not sick, okay? It's that simple for me, okay? Um, I agree. Will I will I regret this down the road? Who knows, Okay. But in reality, it's still my choice. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. And the one thing that, yeah. uh, that we're, we need to talk football because this is really. Yes, we do. This is not a COVID we're show. Waiting. I'm sorry to anybody that's we're listening waiting, to it. We're I waiting, absolutely we're apologize. Waiting, we're waiting we're for waiting, Charles. For we're Charles. waiting for Charles so we don't have to go backwards. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to move on to a couple of things, and then we're going to ignore the the reviews yeah. and the and the previews, and we're just going to go through it. I don't want to do the current power rankings because that's kind of fun for Charles too. He did say he'd be in around 8:30, which is three minutes from now. So let's talk about Bob Young. Bob Young buys a beer for all Tie Cat season ticket holders. Is he currently the CFL's best owner? Okay. So you saw this, did you not? Yes, they did. The little ticket that he gave to all-season ticket holders. Do you think that yeah. that cost Bob Young a penny? Mm, no. Bob Bob Young got his beer sponsors to pay for all of that. I guarantee you. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. He walked to Molson's or whoever 
is, is there's sells a reason, the beer. There's a reason. There's a reason Bob Young is wealthy. Okay. <laughs> yes. And yeah. that's probably one of them. And he walked up to his Molson's rep and said, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, I need you to supply me with 4,000 kegs of beer. And we're going right. to promote the snot out of your beer. Very good. And, and uh, the Molson guy goes, hell yeah. Cause okay. You're gonna, yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to give you 4,000 kegs, but you need to order 12,000 kegs for that game. Okay? Because every, everybody that you give one away to, they're going to buy three more. Yep. That's the, kind Absolutely. of the rule, right? So, so he's, he's going he's to sell 12,000 kegs, and he's going to give 4,000 kegs away. And right. the, this, this rep is just bouncing off the walls. He's just so excited because, um, you know, once people start drinking beer, they don't usually switch to something else. No, that's true. Right. So one, I mean, if you go there and you're you're in a in a booth or whatever else in the box, and you start drinking scotch, you're going to drink scotch for the night. But if you have a beer, you're not going to go back. You're not going to go have scotch. It's just that's wrong. It just doesn't work that way. So that's true. That's true. Anyhow, that's my philosophy on it, and. Uh, so the whatever beer rep is in Tim Hortons, I don't actually know which uh, brand of beer they sell, whether it's Molson Labatt's or, or Michael or whatever else. But whoever it is definitely donated the beer for this beer ticket. So does that make Bob yes. Young the CFL's not? Is Bob Young the CFL's best owner? Quite possibly. I, I, I'm I thinking... actually like him. I like what he's done with the team. I like how he deals with the fans and, and everything else. So he might very well be the best owner out there. But it's not because is he's he giving not, everybody free beer. I was going to say, is he not the longest-term owner right now? I would think so, if you think about it. Well, short of um, short of the community-owned teams, yes. Right. So he must be the longest-term guy. For sure. Yeah, he has the, so. he has the most tenure. Yeah. Okay. Montreal turned over. Okay. Ottawa's new. Um, Toronto BC's is. BC's new. Uh, Toronto's new. BC's new. Calgary is you know definitely not as long as Bob. No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, yeah. and Winnipeg. Edmonton are community owned. Yes, they are. So. He is the uh, granddaddy of the owners, for sure. He is so the he most should tenured give people free. He should give people free beer. There you go. So, there you go. Not yeah. that would it would take, I it would influence me one way or another because I hate beer, but that's beside the point. So, I yeah, but would you not uh, appreciate the gesture? Yeah, I'd rather have a hot dog. <laughs> burger, free burger. There you go. I no, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying, would you not, as a, as a season tickle holder, appreciate the gesture? Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. you would. I mean, you have four season tickets at McMahon Stadium to see the Calgary Stampeders. Your your company bought four tickets, correct? And yes. As a rule, 
those three other people that go to the games with you are usually your guests, not necessarily the company's guests. Um, yeah, but it's related to the for the most, most part of the time. What's yeah. that? For the most part, yes. But you get to choose who it is, and if the owner wants to come, then you say, "Yeah, I've got some tickets for you," or you know, or you can bring an employee, or you can bring a a, a, a client, or whatever else. It's your choice as to who you bring. They're your guests. Yes, I I, I have a hierarchy of people I ask, mm-hmm. and then as it goes down, then I can ask anybody basically. So. Yeah. I know you, you've taken me to one of the Calgary games, and I know that you've taken Sparky yeah. to at least a couple games and, uh, you know, and, and so on, yeah. right? So you do have the yeah. luxury of doing that. Now, you would take that free beer and give it to one of the three people that came with you. Certainly. Of course I would. Just like I gave – I mean, every season ticket comes with a, with a kind of like a credit card with discounts on all kinds of stuff. And I usually do share those with people as well. So, right. So, with the exception of this year, because the Stampeders went went ticketless or paperless, so we didn't get any of that kind of stuff. Because I I tend to wonder if the Stampeders are more shocked than me and you that there's actually a season this year because they didn't seem very prepared. So, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's an interesting perspective. I haven't really heard that one before. Yeah, um, no, and I and I and I would think that because it's a shortened season and and there's less people I'm thinking going to games, they're probably not going to do as many of the discounts because they're probably going to lose money anyways this year. So, yeah, I don't doubt that. Uh, so I just got I get why they're not doing it. Charles put up some numbers, so I'm going to bring them in. Okay. Um, since since we're on the Calgary Stampeders topic and we're we're just been discussing that, um, what have have you heard anything more about this uh, uh, Rod Peterson rumor that the Calgary Stampeders? Uh, is in the final business of a sale or for sale or are marketed is cricket Cricket. nothing and i have i have asked everybody i know it are people denying it yes they say they haven't heard they haven't heard a thing so okay Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. Your mic is turned on. Uh, how you doing? Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you? I, we're doing wonderful. We've uh, we've babbled about for half an hour, waiting for you to come in. We've kind of held up everything, uh, and uh, we're going to go forward now. And uh, welcome. All right. Uh, you guys are good at babbling for half an hour, so that that's, we are. That's good. We are. Yeah. I, I don't really think we said much. Yeah. Again, uh, never mind. (laughs) Don't go there. Okay, so uh, last week we had uh, we had four games in the CFL season. Uh, This was the uh, Labor Day Classics, 
What a home run. Uh, Although only two of the games are on Labor Day, but that's not the point. It's the Labor Day weekend. Uh, the first game was uh, a shocker for me, anyhow. Um, and that was the Montreal-Ottawa game. And it shocked me for two reasons. One, the total score was 80 points. We haven't been over 40. So we've been over four. Oh, we actually had a 62 game, but... Uh, yeah. For the most part, they 50 and under. Uh, so this was just huge. It was 80 points were scored. Montreal had 50 of themselves, 51 points for Montreal. Uh, but the other thing that shocked me, this was Ottawa got 29. Oh, my God, Ottawa actually scored 29. I don't think they had 29 total for the entire year so far. So that was really kind of good for them. Um, and But, yeah, I don't know. Did I did not get to see this game. I heard it on the radio on, on Sirius XM. And uh, was, it as, uh, was it a good game? Charles, you're new to. Let's go. Well, was it a good game? Uh, it was a blowout. Uh, and to be fair, a lot of the points uh, that Ottawa got was in garbage time. I mean, it was a good game for Montreal because they put up a lot of numbers. But to be perfectly honest, it's hard to get super excited over a win over Ottawa nowadays because Ottawa is such a train wreck of a football team right now. And it looks like they're going to start Dominic Davis this weekend against the Lions, which I'm actually happy about because they're playing the Lions. But to be very honest, I mean, Montreal – yeah, they won the game. They needed a win. Ottawa's like the tonic for a team that is struggling right now because you, you get in, it's, I don't want to say it's a guaranteed two points because they did beat <clears throat> Calgary. Um, but, uh, to be, or did they beat Edmonton? Which team did Ottawa beat? Not, not beat, Calgary. Sorry, they beat Edmonton. My mistake. They, they, they yep. beat Edmonton because I was, Rose Henry was, was mouthing off about the Lions That's being right. down 31 nothing. And I, I turned around and said, well, at least we didn't lose to That's Ottawa. Right. Lose to Ottawa. That's right. But, I mean, for what it was, I mean, you want if you're a team playing Ottawa, you want to blow them out. And in reality, Montreal blew them out. So uh, that's that. So, I mean, I, uh, can we finally agree? Well, I think we pretty much all agreed on this uh, program before. But Matt Nichols is not the answer. And um, – Quite frankly, he kind of proved that um, again this week. Uh, he, they're going nowhere with Matt Nichols, and I'm sorry, they're not going anywhere with Dominic Davis. They've been to the Dominic Davis thing before. It doesn't work. You don't have a legit quarterback there. They should have gone out. They should have stuck with Dinwiddie, to be perfectly honest, and they didn't, and they thought Matt Nichols was a better option, which <laughs> you made Arbuckle. stupid doing that. Or excuse me, Arbuckle, not Matt Nichols. Mac Nichols uh, is no, there. You said, said Dinwiddie. Or who, Dinwiddie's the coach, not the Dinwiddie's quarterback. The coach, well, yeah. he played quarterback, but I'm at Arbuckle. Don't mind me. I'm just yeah. ranting. Uh, so the thing is, Ottawa sucks, and yeah, Montreal won. Let's see them beat a better team than Ottawa, though, before we say they're um, in business. Okay. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on everything that you said. Now, I want to add something to it. 
I personally believe that one of the top quarterbacks in the CFL now and in the past is Mike Riley. And I know that... Okay, I agree with that. Okay, it's hard to disagree with that. And Mike Riley looks like shit when he's on a shit team. Edmonton has not been a good team for for a lot of years, okay? Mike Riley was the quarterback, and they missed the playoffs. He came to BC, and BC looked like shit. Their team was absolute garbage in 2019. Mike Riley was... It did not look good. Okay? Do you agree? Yeah. Okay? So, the best quarterbacks in the CFL don't look good on a shitty team. What do you think a mediocre quarterback looks like on a shitty team? Matt Nichols. They're going to look absolutely good. I, I I wouldn't even call Matt Nichols a mediocre quarterback. You have to call him. A, he didn't he didn't play bad football in Winnipeg. He just didn't play enough to be on a high level competitiveness. Okay, that's just a simple fact. No, he is no, not but, good enough to take you to the next level. Yeah, but hold on. He's a game manager. Think, think about this for a minute. He was with Edmonton, and he always played behind Mike Riley, okay, when Mike Riley got there, correct? He actually, took, he actually was the starter. And then Until got, he broke he, his he, leg. He, he beat out Mike Riley for the starting position at Edmonton, broke his leg. Mike took over, and the rest is history. Correct. But so, then they traded him. Then they, then they traded him for what's his name. Is he in football anymore, or did he retire? What uh, with, didn't he I retire? Don't tra- I don't know who they traded him for. The, the what the guy the guy you guys were always saying was the next one when he went to Toronto. What's James Franklin. James Franklin is he in football oh. or no? No, I don't no, believe I don't he's think in so. the I NFL. Think he's out. I think he retired. Okay, so I did not James ever Franklin said he was the next one. Don't be giving me that shit. Okay, whatever. Anyways, and James Franklin was horrible. <laughs> okay, and but they still traded Matt Nichols. Okay, out of Edmonton so they could make room for James Franklin as the backup. So, and then he went to Winnipeg, and because Winnipeg had nothing for a quarterback and as you always say they were a sort of good team and he was a game manager like Charles said so right James Franklin retired in April of this year he was with Saskatchewan right okay so yeah so I mean that's what I'm trying to say. A game manager, and it's Kevin Glenn, okay? When Kevin Glenn came to the BC Lions, I was excited because I knew that Travis Lule was down and we would be at 500 football and probably make the playoffs in time for Travis Lule to come back, which didn't happen. But he's, he's a, he can hold his own 
he'll win half the games for you. That's the Matt Nichols. Okay. Personally, I take Kevin Glenn over Matt Nichols in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Every day yeah. of the week and twice on Sunday. I, I agreed. Agreed. Okay. I wouldn't be jumping up and down if Matt Nichols had come to BC. I was jumping up and down that Kevin Glenn did. Okay. Um, but, but you understand what I'm trying to say here is that Ottawa is a train wreck. I don't give a shit oh, yeah. what quarterback you put in there. I don't care if it's Bo Levi Mitchell, it's Mike Riley. I don't give a shit whether Kevin Glenn, or um, Ricky Ray comes out of retirement or Anthony Calvillo. They're not going to make that team win football games because there isn't a team. I don't care what quarterback you have there. I don't care if it's Dominic, da- Dominic Davis or, or Matt Nichols or, or Ricky Ray or Mike Riley. Ottawa's not going to win games. They're not a good team. He doesn't have a lot of talent to work with, to be fair to him. They're not a very talented football team beyond him. So... To be blaming the Ottawa um, status right now on Matt Nichols' inability to move the football team isn't really fair to Matt Nichols. No, it's not. You're not right. that I'm, I'm trying to defend him or anything else, but in reality, it's not fair to him because the team is shit. That's true. I agree. Okay. And I'm, I wasn't blaming him. I, I was just saying uh, he's not the answer, but I, I wasn't necessarily blaming him for Ottawa's play. He, he's not the answer, but the, what's the question? The question is, what quarterback does Ottawa need, or what does Ottawa need to win football games? A team. Matt Nichols isn't the answer to either of those questions, but neither is any no. other quarterback. No, I agree. We, we said, oh, they should have gone out and got a better quarterback, or should have kept uh, Nick Butler. They should have done. They should have done a thousand different things. But one of them was, you know, yes, one of them was a quarterback. But and and granted, this is a, a, a passing football team or pass first league. You need to you need a quarterback, no doubt about it. You need to have a solid yep. quarterback to build your franchise around. But you have to build the franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really true. And yeah. Marcel Desjardins has not built that franchise very well. How does that guy still have a job? I don't understand it. I think they're going on his resume from winning a Grey Cup and building a, 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 a brand new that was franchise. Like five years ago. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't know how he has his job. I mean, when he lost Rick Campbell, that should have been, uh, you know, uh, okay. Uh, we need to do something with management now. We've lost our our, our coach. We've lost our Trevor Harris. Um, we have lost everything that makes sense that built us a football team. And that, that's your fault there, Frenchie. Yeah, you know, and, you know, now that you think about this in retrospect, okay, about how many people have jumped off that ship. You had Trevor Harris. You had Ellingson. You had you had all those kind of guys, right? So, and I don't I don't think Sinopoli. it was because of the coaching, right? I don't think it was because of the coaching. I really think it was because of the management. So, 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'll even, and I'll even take this, too, this. What was that? I was going to say, let's face facts, too. Even the year that the Red Blacks won the Grey Cup, they were a sub-500 team, or at the very least, I don't remember exactly, but they were either sub-500 or exactly 500. That's not a, a blue-chip top-line team. That's a team that played just well enough to get in and got hot at the right time. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would even go one step further, and here's the first. Okay, if, I mean, Calgary is not a very good football team right now, but if they lose to Ottawa, I, uh, I'm i going to become a Rough Rider fan. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, anybody out there who is a Rough Rider fan, if Terry loses to Ottawa coming up, it's not this week because the Lions are playing them. Again, I'm not going to make such a bold prediction. Um, you guys send Will a rider jersey, and he will put it on and wear it. Okay, he is a, at least an extra large, if not a double extra large. Okay. Double XL all the time. Double, double, double XL, yeah. Okay, he's a big boy, former line. Okay, so, uh, yeah, get him a jersey because uh, it's going to look sweet on him. That green is his color. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy, I had to do that. You, you, you came yeah, up next okay. and said that. You said it. I, I just had to, I had to do it. Okay, so this was in uh, 2016. Okay. 2016 was the year that Ottawa won the Grey Cup, and they were a sub-500 team at 8-9-1. Eight, eight, nine, nine and, one. One. <laughs> and they beat a 15-2-1 Stampeder team in the Grey Cup. A team that had lost twice. And had tied them. Hey, Charles. Hey, Charles. Yeah. Did you have to remind me? I'm just... Pointing it out for people. I thought you. I thought you. I thought you were a buddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> man. The Stamps won the next year or something, but yeah, but that was no. They did. They lost. They lost a couple years. They lost again. Yeah, that's right. They got lost. They lost to Toronto. Yes, they did. Who was also a subpar team as well. Okay. <laughs> were they? The next year. I think uh, they were. I, no, they I were exactly remember, 500. I, I just clicked on it. Oh, the Argos were 9-9 yeah. that year. Yeah, they, they were 9-9. Okay. And the and, and Peters Calgary were what? 13-4-1. 13-4-1-3? Yeah, okay. Okay, so, you know, that just, to me, that, that, that just reeks quarterback ability there. Absolutely. by, yeah. You guys needed a better quarterback. Yeah. That's okay. what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Okay, so that was the um, <laughs> that was the Montreal Ottawa game, which was 80 points. Uh, Charles, you picked Montreal to win, which was good. You got a thousand or a hundred points for that. Thousand points. You got a hundred points for that. Uh, but you picked the uh, the total points at 33, so you're off by 47. And there's no point. I for didn't that. even hit Montreal score. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, none of us did. None of us did. Uh, and William, you got uh, uh, 30 points. 
you picked 30 points, so you were off by 50. So, but you uh-huh. picked Montreal, so you're good there, okay? Yep. And uh, Mark's not on the show, so do, he he picked Montreal with 26, so he's off by most. He was he had the worst score, and CJ picked 36 with Montreal. I got 100 points there, so but I got zero points on the other thing, so. I'm not really pleased with that one. So the next game was the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game. This is the big big game in the league. This is where the most amount of fans go. This is the one that's most talked about, without question, and uh, the one that we care least about. Oh, did I say that all out? It's not how to attract new, new fans, is it? Uh, Winnipeg won this game, which is a rarity because in the last, what, seven or eight outings into Regina, they – They've only won once in 2016, I believe it was. But uh, Winnipeg won this game 23-8. to uh, Total point score was 31. Uh, Saskatchewan did not score a touchdown, if I'm correct there. Right? Is that correct? Yeah, the goalpost got in the way. Yeah. Uh, that crossbar. Gotta love Cody Fajardo. He's got this love affair with that bar. Okay. Um, I just, it was, I, I just it was, want everybody to be clear. Clear on from now on when I talk about when I talk about Saskatchewan and their quarterback, I'm going to refer to Cardi, Cody Fajardo as Fabio. Okay. Fabio. Because I think that's who he reminds me of. Okay. So he doesn't have the hair for it. It's okay, but I'm going to call him Fabio, okay? Just because I don't like Ryder fans, okay? So. Okay. Well, nobody likes Ryder okay, fans. Okay, then. I mean, nobody really likes Bomber fans, because they're, they're acting a lot but like I, Ryder fans right now. But I did watch the entire football game because. Okay. Uh, well, talk about it. I Tell me what you it. think. I always watch it. Well, you know what? Like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't think there's any standout team out there. Um, I, I think uh, I think I think Andrew Harris played well. Okay, he was running the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Winnipeg's uh, Winnipeg's receivers played well, and of course Zach Kolaris played well. Okay, um, he actually played really well. I thought. I, I didn't like him trying to run down the field with the ball because every time he does that, I hold my breath. But yeah. he did that a couple of times, and, and he got the win for his team. And Saskatchewan, they just looked they just looked a little off. That's all I can say is they looked a little off. I mean, Fabio kept on overthrowing his receivers and underthrowing his receivers. He was just that little... You know, they say it's a game of inches, and he was just off that little bit of inches during the By game yard. for some reason. Yeah, who knows what it was. Um, but, I mean, and and maybe they were reading their headlines too much, and they just took them for granted. Who knows? And it'll be an interesting, the, the, the uh, what's going to call it, bowl? The banjo, banjo bowl will be a very interesting. Banjo will be a very interesting. It'll be a very interesting game. So, I hope so. May the best Cody team Fajardo win. went twenty-three for thirty-nine at fifty-nine percent completion rate, 
211 yeah. yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. His longest pass was yeah. 22 yards. 22 uh-huh. yards. I mean, that, that, that's pathetic. I, you know what? I, I got to challenge Phil Miller on Cody Fitzgerald being the best quarterback in the CFL because he simply is not. Phil Miller. Phil Miller's not listening to the podcast, Christopher, because he just went out to buy me a Saskatchewan sweater. Okay. Oh. <laughs> For some reason, I don't doubt it. Yeah, well, just, I, it I don't happen. question that for a minute. I mean, Andrew Harris uh, right. had a, a good game, but he had 18 carries. His average was 5.3. Um, William Powell had eight carries, and he averaged 5.5. To me, that would mean that William Powell rushed better than Andrew Harris. Give him the ball more. Yeah, they didn't use him nearly yeah. as much as they should. No, they did. Right? They did not. They did not. Although, it's typical when a team gets behind that they abandon the run. If your quarterback's at 50% passing, run the fucking ball. Yeah, I agree. That's, it's not rocket science. And, and you know who the best player on the, in my opinion, do you know who the best player on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders team was that day? Who that? John Ryan, the kick, the punter. Yeah. He was kicking the shit out of the ball. That's he for was, sure. He, he, he averaged almost punts. 50 yards a punt. Average. He would be much yeah, better. One, as one for sixty-four. He'd be much better as a he'd be much better as a receiver or an offensive lineman. But you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, all I'm just saying is Saskatchewan's best player was a was a kicker. Yeah, if that's the case, you've got problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty huge problems. Okay, so let's go over there and do this score here. Um, Charles, do you have anything to add to the game? Sorry. No, not really. It was actually a enter- somewhat entertaining game to watch with a defensive battle for three quarters. I mean, and it was 13-8 to eight going to the fourth quarter, so it was still, uh, still kind of up in the air going to the fourth quarter, but it was really fun to watch the Ryder fans uh, kind of get silenced in the fourth quarter and go home with long faces. Oh, I, I also I know cannot. a couple of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans uh, we, that we all know that got kicked out of the stadium, but I won't name any names. I, I really, you know what, there's two things that you do. I, trash talking is wonderful. I love trash talking. I respect somebody who's good at it, and we go at it before the game. When the game is over and you have won, it is time to be humble and you thank people I cannot believe the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans and the players actually that were just harassing the Ryder fans you don't do that not especially in their stadium that's just wrong but, the Ryder fans and the Bomber fans don't like each other they haven't for years not no. saying it's right but they don't uh, yeah well, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I, I think that Winnipeg and, and Saskatchewan fans usually get along quite well. 
The civilized ones, for sure. The civilized ones, no question they are, right? You oh, always get the assholes that are fan. kicked out of a stadium, right? That can't handle the booze or can't handle the game or can't deal with the thing. They get themselves kicked out. Um, but it, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, you don't start heckling when the game's over. I, I did that to a Saskatchewan. There were some Saskatchewan fans, BC Lions game. Uh, and I, this was many, many, many years ago. We were, this was when we were up in the upper bowl when I had those great seats up there. And there were some Ryder fans there. And they go to every Ryder's away game. So, that, I mean, they're crew Ryder fans. They, they follow the team. And I think that's a little weird. But, um, and BC was just trashing them the entire game. And I was, being an asshole, and I was written, yeah, 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 and Saskatchewan just came back in the fourth quarter and beat us by two points, and I was sitting there totally silent, dumbstruck, embarrassed, everything, and the Ryder fans were really good about it. They got up, they shook my hand, they said it was a great game, it was really entertaining, and we got we got along really well. We went out to the bar afterwards, but only because they were really good about it, and I was a dick. And t- I absolutely respected what they did. So anyhow, I just I just I think you really have to to be humble in your game. When the game's on, be humble. Trash talking before the game, go for it. Absolutely, 100%. Winnipeg 23, Saskatchewan 8. Total score was 31. Charles, you picked Saskatchewan at 42. You're by 11. You got 20 points. No points for the win. Uh, Will, you picked Winnipeg by 45. You're off by 14. You got 14 points for 100. Mark picked Saskatchewan. Uh, CJ took Winnipeg at 36. I took 36 my score for the last two weeks. Um, I was off by five, so I got 100 points plus 32. That was a great, great day. Great day for CJ. Uh, the third game on Monday was the Toronto Argonauts to Hamilton. It, that is the way that it goes, right? It, it was in Timbit Field. And Toronto is 0-7 in Timbit, Timbit Field since it's opened. 0-7. Um this one was no exception. Hamilton, 32. Toronto, 19. 51 points. Your total. William, talk about this Eastern slide. Um, I watched, uh, I would say, 60% of that game. Um, Toronto just did not look good. Well, actually, I only watched half of that game because I had to go to the Stampeder game, but Toronto, but I did watch more of it at the stadium in in Calgary because they put it on Jumbotron. But you know what? Toronto, Toronto was never in that game, to be honest with you. And Dane Evans and Hamilton, they looked uh, pretty freaking good. So I don't know what else to say about it. Charles, go ahead. Yeah, the, the Argo, or the uh, Ticats really had their way with the Argos in this one. This one, this score actually really flatters 
Toronto because, again, they got a lot of points in garbage time. Uh, Hamilton did look really good. Uh, Toronto really had no real uh, answer for them. Uh, Nick Arbuckle didn't look great in this game. Um, he had uh, Cody Fajardo-itis, I think. They brought in McLeod Bethel-Thompson, and he looked a little bit better. But, again, you really can't tell from garbage time because Hamilton was playing pretty soft defenses by that point. Uh, this is uh, another good win, I think, for Hamilton. They're getting their um, – they're getting their um, – um, the groove back, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hamilton just really outplayed Toronto in this game, and uh, full value for the win. Me. Okay. So, uh, Charles, you pick Hamilton. Uh, 48 points. You're off by three. So you got 100 points plus 36. Will, you yep. pick Toronto. <laughs> 43. Sorry, buddy. Off by eight. Uh, Mark took the hammer. And CJ took Hamilton at 36, off by 15, took 112. Uh, the last game was the Edmonton-Calgary game. Uh, this is another game where the uh, visitors, as a rule, never win. You don't win in Saskatchewan, you don't win in Hamilton, and you don't win in Calgary. Until this year. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out this way in Alberta. Because Edmonton Elks beat the Stampeders 32-20. to 20. 52 points total score on the week. William, you're at this game. Give us your synopsis. Um, Calgary's just not good enough. It's that simple. Um, and I think the biggest problem with Calgary right now is you can't blame the you can't blame the rookie quarterback. I think he played quite well. Yeah. Um, the they have no they have no upfront push on their defensive line. Okay, because it's pretty young defensive line and their defensive backfield, which I thought would be one of their strengths this year, um, has looked like shit. And Trevor Harris had too much time. And he picked him apart. And there's <laughs> there's nothing more I can say about that. I mean, Calgary has, for the first time in quite some time, they've kind of established a running game. Um, some of the younger receivers could have helped out Mare a little better because they dropped some passes that they shouldn't have. And, you know, um, what you were talking about before, as far as hecklers go after the game, I was walking through the parking lot and there was an Edmonton fan who was all over me, okay, just talking crap. And I don't usually respond to those guys, but I was a little annoyed. You didn't hit And him, all did I you? said to him was, What? I don't I don't hit people, Christopher. Okay. He was there he was there with a whole bunch of other people. And all I said to him was, out of every name you could think of, Elks was the best name you could come up with. And he was speechless, okay? <laughs> Worked out quite good. True story. Worked out quite good. True story is right. True story, yeah. He had no response whatsoever. So, but, yeah, Calgary lost. 
I think I'm going to see a whole bunch more losses this year. I think you will too. Not in not not in person, but I I will see a whole bunch more losses. Um, I, I'm just and do you have insurance on your TV set? Um, yeah, I don't get like that anymore because okay, you know they're not that good of a team. So you're and, you, ex- you accept the loss where before your team lost you got really mad through the controller. Well, yeah, they shouldn't have lost before, but this year they're not very good. Um, Am I disappointed that I'm not going to be at McMahon Stadium for two games with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Not really, okay? Because if the Rough Riders are good, their fans come out in droves, okay? They're They're more annoying them. Yes, they are. They're kind of like Winnipeg fans, and it's more annoying, so... You know, we'll see. But yeah, I, I Calgary agree with is you. there. I still think Calgary is going to get better as the year goes by, but we shall see. Okay. We shall see. Go ahead, Charles. Well, I'm not used to Calgary looking like crap, but they, they look like <laughs> crap this year. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it any more bluntly, but they just look awful, and I'm not used to it. And for the Stampeders saying it's because they have Bowley by Mitchell's out, trust me, that's got nothing. To, Meyer's doing fine. He, he's passed over 300 yards three games in a row. It's not the quarterback, folks. they just got a young defense that's just, you know, not gelling right now. Um, they've got virtually no run game at all. Uh, it's just they're just not a good team. They're, this, this is a rebuilding year for them, no question about it. And uh, they don't. They typically haven't done that in Calgary. Uh, rebuilding uh, years uh, typically don't happen for John Hoffnagel teams. It's more of reloading. This is actually rebuilding, and. Uh, they're a young. They've got a young defense that just hasn't gelled properly, and uh, that's why they're just giving up a lot of points. And um, they're just not good. And Edmonton, hey, give these guys credit. They hadn't played for two weeks. They came out firing. We got good Trevor Harris this week, big time. Almost 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interception. James Wilder Jr. He contributed quite well. I mean, all around it was a. It was just a good all-around win for the Edmonton Eskimos. So uh, I was actually impressed with the way they played and uh, very unimpressed with the Stampeders. But that's that's uh, this way that's going to year. They probably will improve as the year goes along. I think if they play together more and get more familiar with each other, they probably will. Uh, but it's going to be probably a pretty long year for Stampeder fans. And they haven't had a lot of long years, but this is going to be one of them. So. In a short season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing, you know. Uh, no, I'm not going to say it. Calgary has given up 110 points in five games. The only other team that's given up that many points is Ottawa, but they did it in four games. Toronto's 95 in four games. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to pick on Calgary too much because they they are they are in five games, and only Calgary and Winnipeg are there. And I don't know. I went through the scores. I don't think Calgary was outplayed by that much 
that many times. Do you, do you know what I mean there, Charles? Yeah. I so what, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, the, in week one, Calgary lost 23-20. 23 points is not oh, yeah. a lot of points to, to lose, you know, for the winning team. Okay? Fair in week enough, two, yeah. BC beat them, but it was 15-9. to nine. Okay? Right. They, their defense gave up 15 points. That's not a lot of points to give up. In week three, they, they gave up 22 points to Montreal in their win. In week four, they gave up 18 points in a loss to Winnipeg, 18 to 16. Okay? And then in week five, they gave up the most amount of points with 32 to Edmonton. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We may claim that the Calgary defense is really young and they're not gelled and all of those things are true and they don't have a big push off the defensive line as will stay. But they're not sieves. It's not, it's not a pathetic defense. You know what, though? The one thing I've noticed that they are missing is in past seasons when games are that close, I knew that Calgary would win. Okay? They always they – came, they came to win in the end. I just don't, I just don't feel that this year. Okay? Yeah. They don't I have just, the killer instinct. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, they, they lost hang one. Around. They lost one game yep. by three points. They lost another by six points. They they won yep. one. They they lost another game by two points. They lost another game by twelve points. Those those are not typical Calgary numbers. No, no, not at all. And and it's I got mean, a lot to do with leadership and being a young team. And they are taking they are taking stupid penalties. The one thing that we haven't talked about since we're through all the games, this weekend, all of those games, I thought that was the worst refereeing I've seen in years. In all four games. Yeah, I, I, on all the yeah, games. Yeah, all four games. One, yeah. Uh, there were no, some all really weird things. Yeah. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. There was one penalty that really stuck out for me. I can't remember which game it was, uh, but the referees called a roughing the kicker penalty. That was the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game. It was against Saskatchewan. Was that Saskatchewan? Yeah. Yes. And it was the most ridiculous call I had ever seen. Literally, he never touched a kicker. His own player fell on him. But it was well after the kick, and they called roughing the kicker. I'm like... How do they come to that conclusion? How, how does that get use, my review? And didn't yeah. they use their challenge? Didn't they use their challenge to have it overturned? They had to, yeah. Which yeah, is ridiculous yeah. because they they, yes. they should have called down and said, there's no reason a team should have to use their challenge for something stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Edmonton, 32. Calgary, 20. Total points, 52. Charles, you took Calgary at 39. You got uh, no points for the win, but you got 16 points for the the pickup. Uh, William, you took Calgary at 36. Uh, You got six. uh, You're you're off by 16 points. You got 10. Uh, Mark took Edmonton. CJ took Edmonton at 36. We got 16 points 
on the differential, uh, which gave me, t- oh, sorry, that I had a differential of 16, which gave me a score of 10 for my 100 points picking up Edmonton. I want you to know that CJ picked all four games this week, correct? Yes. Okay. Anyhow. So um, the week's numbers came down. Uh, Mark got 332. Charles, you got 272. CJ, 454. I mean, that's a huge amount of number. And then I'm looking, I'm going, awesome, awesome. And I'm going, shit. Mark got a 474, and Charles got a 466. That's only the third best pick of the week of the year, and we're week five. I'm, that wasn't that good. But anyhow, I was happy with it because it was the best that CJ's ever done. Uh, and, Will, you came at, at a very respectable 250. I mean, I, I don't think that's bad. I mean, the, the maximum you can score is what? 600 points, right? Yeah, the maximum uh, you can get yeah, in, in, so, yeah. is 600, right? 50 points for an exact match. Uh, I've done a, an exact match. Mark has done one, two, three of them. Will, none of them. Charles, none of them. Anyhow. Okay, so, um, yeah, so that's, the, that's that week. Let's uh, get to the next ones. We have uh, rematches come straight across the board. No, I'm not really. We got Hamilton into Toronto. We've got Saskatchewan into Winnipeg. And we have Calgary into Edmonton. And then we have the Orphans with Edmonton with the bye. You have Ottawa into BC. BC had the bye last week. So this is back-to-back with Ottawa for BC, but Ottawa had Montreal in the middle. The first game in Toronto is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And, Charles, who are you going to take in this one? Oh, well, it's interesting because a lot of times you think uh, back-to-back, the team that lost is a little bit edgier uh, uh, here. But you know what? I think Hamilton's starting to get their game in gear now. So I'm going to take Hamilton to win this one again because I just think that – well, A, I think they're a better team than Toronto by quite a bit. And they're getting into their rhythm. They've won back-to-back games now. They're kind of uh, getting over their early season struggles. And Toronto just looked terrible last week. And uh, I'm not looking for much uh, bigger things from them this week. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Hamilton. And your points is going to be what? Uh, we'll go 44. 44. And, William, who are you taking in this one, Toronto or Hamilton? Toronto, 63. Well, I'm impressed. Um, I'm actually going to take Hamilton, and I was going to pick 65, so I am going with that. Uh, The second game is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders into Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers in the Banjo Bowl. Charles? Blue Bombers in the Banjo Bowl. Well, this one I'm going to do the opposite. I I picked a team that won last week to win. Well, no, I'm not. Sorry, Winnipeg won last week, and I think they're going to win again this week because, uh, I don't know, Winnipeg's looking strong again this year. They they won the Grey Cup two years ago in 2019, but they really look uh, strong. And I'm going to take Cody Pedro or um, 
Um, Zach Caleros <laughs> over 40, Cody Fajardo. I quite frankly think uh, he's a, obviously a better quarterback. And uh, right now, Winnipeg, like Hamilton, is getting the groove in. And uh, Saskatchewan, they're back on their heels a little bit. They had their um, first loss. So I think Winnipeg wins this one at home. I think they sweep the home at home. So I'll go Winnipeg, um, 41 points. William. I'll never pick Saskatchewan, you know that. Um, I do. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, 47. 47. And CJ is taking the peg, the Bombers, and I'm going at a even 65 points. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, the next game is the Calgary Stampeders into Edmonton to play the Elks. I can't say that. I honestly cannot say that word properly. It's just something about it's just never going to happen. It's kind of like me never capitalizing the riders. I just don't do it. Um, who's this one going to be, Charles? Calgary, Edmonton. Uh, well, I made a big deal of saying how Calgary sucked earlier, so it kind of looked ridiculous for me to pick them. And yep. I'm not going to pick them. I know Bo Levi Mitchell may be back from his miraculously re- repaired broken leg in three weeks or whatever. Uh, but I, I don't I, – two weeks, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. Uh, this team just isn't that good. And Edmonton is a better team. Um the one thing that gives me a little bit pause is that we uh, saw a really good Trevor Harris last week, and for him to put two good back-to-back games, it doesn't happen that often. But I think it will in this case, or at least he'll be at least somewhat uh, passable. But I, I think Edmonton's going to win this one again on home home field, and I'll go Edmonton um, 39 points. Edmonton, 39. Okay, uh, this was something I wanted to challenge you on when we were talking about the games and I kind of forgot about. I don't think Trevor Harris looked all that wonderful in the game. I just think Calgary looked that bad. Well, maybe so, but he still put up good numbers. I mean, when you pass for nearly 400 yards in a game, you're doing something right. I mean, sure, uh, the the Stampeders were probably not playing well at all. Well, not probably. They weren't playing well at all, but – you still got to do, be doing something right to get to put up 400, you know, 400 yards or close to 400 yards and four touchdowns. So you got to take what the defense gives you. I, I agree. And, you know, one of the things that really uh, bothers me about statistics is that um, we, we have, when we're talking about a, a quarterback, we have touchdowns and interceptions. Right? I would really like to see yards and yak yards. And yes, it has to do with a quarterback throwing a ball to a receiver that's in the open that has the ability to get yak yards. But I also think that a quarterback who throws for three and four and five yards and then yak yards for 25 uh, is more on the receiver than it is on the quarterback. Does that make sense? Okay, nobody likes that comment, so we're just going to move around. I just think that yak yards are a really important, are a really important number into judging the quality of a quarterback. Right? If you're going to nickel and dime up the field, 
and have your core, your your receiver run for the yards, make the yards, especially yards after first contact, which really uh, I'd love to see these stats with where what the actual ball, how far the ball went from scrimmage, what the yak yards were, and what the yards past first contact are. And I think that would judge a quarterback a lot better than just saying Trevor Harris threw for 411 yards. Fair enough. And that, that is a valid point. So I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing those stats either, but uh, uh, for some reason they don't keep it. But uh, it would be an interesting thing to look at. I, I think that that's, that would really bring Anthony Delvio's career into perspective. I mean, yep. that guy was a master at throwing three yards. You know, he throws three yards, the, the receiver grabs it, gets four yak yards, you got seven. Every time, he, they just marched down the field and, and touchdowns. I mean, Ben Cahoon was amazing coming across the middle. So, anyhow. Um, William, yes. Calgary you know, into Edmonton. You know, I, I can't disagree with you, but, like, can't you let Anthony Calvillo retire in peace? Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I haven't really? picked on Anthony okay. in a very long time, okay? In fact, I, I, know that. I said tonight, I, I brought him up and said that it, Anthony couldn't do well in Ottawa. Nobody's going to do good in Ottawa. It's not his fault. Oh, I think there's, I think there's one person who would do well, okay? And that would be Marcus Crandall. Marcus Crandall, of course. Okay. I, Marcus I, I personally, Crandall. I think okay. Buck Pierce would do okay over there too. He doesn't need a no line. <laughs> he never had no line. He never anyways, had no line. Right? Um, anyways, I have a feeling that bad Trevor Harris is going to show up on Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it is, and most of the time they split these games. And I also think um, Dave Dickinson is going to be a little annoyed at his guys, and you think? And there's 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 echoings coming out of Calgary that they want Devon Claybrooks back as the defensive coordinator. Okay, I heard that too. Um, is is yeah, there any but, real reality to that? No, because I didn't the Lions give him a four year contract, so he's sitting on his ass for the next he's three years. He's sitting there doing nothing and getting paid. That's right, and getting paid. Okay. So he's sitting at home eating mama's cooking, okay? So that's probably not gonna happen. And usually Calgary doesn't bring guys back either, unless you're John Huffnagel or that old geezer defensive coordinator guy. What was his name? The fat guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, um, I think he's. Uh, I, think, Rich I think he's still. Rich yes, Stubler. I kept Stubler. thinking Dave Rich. Rich Stubler. No, Rich Stubler. Um, so both old fat guys. I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Calgary <laughs> for the win at fifty-three points. Okay. Um, CJ is going to pick the Edmonton Elks. Just cause, and I'm going to go with a, a commanding 65 points here. 
because I think that that's it. They're going to be high-scoring games this week, straight across the board, 65 points. I'm pretty much going to do that with the BC, although I think BC is going to get 62 points and Ottawa three, but that's beside the point. Um, Charles, the last game is the Ottawa Red Blacks in to the Dome to play BC. Can I just mark you down for BC there on the win? Uh, I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. Okay, so Sparky, he is taking yep. BC. Um, I am taking BC, Sparky, so there's no confusion. And I'll take them 51 points. 51 points. And, William, what are you going to do? BC and Ottawa. You know what? I don't think there's any hope for Ottawa. <laughs> I just don't think, especially in BC, and BC's had a week to rest. So I'm going to go with uh, BC, and I'll go with 58 points. 58 points. And I'm going to take the Lions at 65 points because picking points just is stupid to me because I'm just pulling them out of my ass just like everybody else, but I'm going to be consistent all week long. Um, And that's how we got that wrapped up, and I'm happy with that. Uh, you know, oh, where we're going to go right now is the power rankings. Power ranking. I don't think we have to review any of these things. No, no, no. Okay. So, uh, Charles, you put up a post here for this, and uh, where did it go? I had it. There we go. CFL power rankings came out, and uh, I'm kind of uh, – lost over how these guys figure this shit out. I don't and have I a clue. Think, I think we all have been over many, many decades because it's just kind of weird. Um, again, first place. I, I can't argue. And I don't think yeah. anybody should. Okay? And in second place, they have Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, again, I can't see that. It's a, it's, a, it's a given right there. I think, yes, Saskatchewan sucked this week. Yes, they look pathetic. Cody Fajardo had the worst game of his career. They're not a bad So I still think the power there is, is there. Uh, they've got Hamilton in third. I, I can't, can't dispute one through three here. I just can't. Uh, I can. You can. William, who would you like in third place? Well, third place I could live with. I can live with Hamilton. Okay. But I don't think Saskatchewan, I'm assuming Saskatchewan was in first place. Is that correct? They were in first place and they're now in second. Uh, yes. Yeah. flipped around. Okay. Yeah. So if, if, you, if, you, if you think about it, I... I I mean, Winnipeg did beat Saskatchewan, but they yes. almost yep. lost to Winnipeg. They almost lost to Winnipeg, and they did lose to Toronto. So Who? their last Who three about? weeks hasn't been magnificent. Okay? Winnipeg, I think. Yes, okay. Winnipeg. They lost mm-hmm. to Toronto, and they almost lost to Calgary. Okay? So I think you could leave Saskatchewan in first place, despite them beating be, despite them losing to Winnipeg, and then this week, well, they would change if Winnipeg beat them again. So, but I mean, you can switch them either way. I mean, it's still pretty close. 
Okay. And you're okay with Hamilton in third place. Charles, you're there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. You're, you're good yeah, with those I, first yeah, three there? I, yeah, I've got no no complaints about the first three. Now, now is where it kind of falls off the rails, but the first three okay. is fine. I, I, okay, and we're going to – the next four positions, we're going to skip for a second, and we're going to drop down to the bottom, and they, we have Calgary Stampeders in eighth and Ottawa in nine. Is anybody going to argue with that? Uh, no issues with either of those. William, do you think your team is worth more yeah. worthy than eighth place right now? Currently with one win, no. Okay. Let's deal with the four positions in the middle. We have Toronto, BC, Montreal, and Edmonton. I personally would put them in the order of BC, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton. But they have been put in as Montreal's in fourth, Edmonton is in fifth, Toronto is in sixth, and BC is in seventh. I don't have a problem with BC in seventh place. I think they're a better team than that, but they have to prove it. They barely beat Calgary. They barely beat Ottawa. And they lost, they didn't even show up for Edmonton. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay with them in seventh place, although I believe that they, if you, this is the true power rankings, I would put them up in fourth. But if this was reflection on the standings, I'm okay in seventh. On past history as opposed to future. Charles, how would you throw them down? I would go BC. I would be with you. I'd go BC four, then I'd go Edmonton five, Montreal six, Toronto seven, and then we go to eight and nine. Uh, I think uh, Montreal moving up was warranted, but I don't. I'm not gonna. I would not put them up three spots for beating freaking Ottawa. Come on. I mean, sure, you're going to put them up, but they beat Ottawa. Why do they jump three spots? And they jump over Edmonton, who won. They jump over BC, who didn't uh, play, but still, uh, I mean, they're two and two. But they beat Ottawa. I mean, Toronto, though, no. I would go BC, Edmonton, uh, Montreal, Toronto is how I would slot those ones. Okay, but you got okay. So you've taken BC into fourth place. Edmonton, you're keeping in fifth, but you've moved them up three spaces from eight to five. It wasn't an amazing game against Calgary. Calgary was an amazing opponent. So it's jumping not, Edmonton but, three three spaces is a little bit miraculous. Well, I also look at it as that Edmonton is a team that does not win a lot in Labor Day games in Calgary. They kind of jumped over a hurdle that previous Edmonton teams, including teams that are probably better than them, weren't able to jump over. Granted, Calgary was not the same Calgary Stampeders that they typically play, but it's still, I think, a hurdle that they put it. So that's why I put it there. You're giving them a participation ribbon. Um, yes and no. They still won the game. They put up 32 points. And a team that hadn't played in two weeks. So that was without four starters as well. 
Okay. And they were still William? able to win the game. William? Four yep. through seven. Who, who are you going to put there? What place was uh, BC in last week? BC, BC was in was in Fourth, sixth place, they? and they've dropped to seventh. Six? Yeah. They were in sixth place. And, and they didn't okay. play. Right. So they should stay in sixth place in my mind. And yeah. I would uh, Can't argue pick, with that. Uh, I would pick Toronto, Toronto, uh, Montreal. Who am I missing? BC, Toronto, Montreal, and then BC, and then Edmonton. Okay. There's no consensus for the middle in here for us. And I don't really ex- didn't really expect that to happen. Speaking of power rankings, do you guys realize mm-hmm. that that the last time, <laughs> oh my God, the last time Edmonton won in Calgary on Labor Day was 2011. Yes. Oh my God. I'm wearing how, how a paper Calgary bag if I ever. Happen? I'm wearing a paper bag if I ever go to another football game. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. So now, uh, Belton Johnson, you guys are all familiar with, uh, Saskatchewan, retired Saskatchewan Rough Rider player, uh, media personality type of person, and uh, kind of all-around good guy. I like him. Uh, we've had some serious, seriously good talk on several occasions. He put out some power rankings, and... Uh, I honestly believe that he's got the best power rankings out there. And I will tell you what his are as soon as I find them. He's got so much stuff on here on Old Miss. I've missed them. Okay, let's do this a different way on notifications. Go down, find Belton... I can't find his power rankings. It just disappeared on me. Why? Where did he go? They they, they absolutely just... Oh, there he is. I got him. Um, his power rankings are... He has the Bombers in first place, the Riders in second, Ticats in third. I'm not arguing with those. I understand exactly what um, what Will said. And, and don't argue don't disagree with them too much, but I still think that Bombers are going to win this weekend and power rankings are about what you're going to do in the future, not what you've done in the past. He's got BC in fourth, Toronto in fifth, Montreal in sixth, Edmonton in seventh, Stamps at eight, and Red Blacks at nine. So he kind of pretty much said what I did. So, um, I, I kind of like his standings or his, his rankings because basically I picked, I picked them as well. But um, hard, I, I, I find that really hard to argue. Now, I'm not going to put BC in fourth place because they were in sixth last week because they shouldn't move, but I didn't put them in sixth place last week. That was, that was the CFL.ca, and they don't know the fuck they're talking at the best of times, or should I say that's uh, three down nation. Now, I know that the... Uh, CFL's put out the power rankings, and are they any different? Let's go to headlines. 
for the power rankings for this week coming up. Power rankings. Uh, they've got Bomb, Saskatchewan, Hamilton. Then they go Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, BC, Calgary, Ottawa. So they're pretty much the same as TSN. Man, I'm not not agreeing with it. I don't know how BC Line can drop four places or two places and they didn't play football. Yeah. And yes, I'm a I'm a Lions fan, but uh, shit happens. <laughs> And Montreal jumped three spots for beating Ottawa? Yeah. In what world does that make sense? Uh, so we've done the Bob Young thing, um, Charles. Um, basically, we, Will and I both agree that Bob Young didn't buy beer for his fans, that this was probably donated by the beer distributor. And this oh, okay. Yeah, maybe the go- case. It didn't cost him a single penny. He just went to Molson's or Labatt's or whoever and said, uh, I want to give a free beer to every one of my season ticket holders. I've got 10,000 of them. They're more than likely going to buy three or four more beers in the rest of the game. So we're going to order 16,000 kegs and you're going to give away four of them. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, that and actually the, makes sense too. And the beer rep says, hell yeah, I would do that in a heart. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that Bob Young bought any of this beer, but is he probably not the CFL's best owner? He's probably the CFL best owner, but not because he bought beer, because I don't think he did. Well, I may not have been. And and Will did point out that uh, Bob Young is probably the longest tenured owner at this point in time in the CFL. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Yeah, there's nobody else there. Uh, speaking of owners, football owners, Montreal Alouettes uh, lost a great one with Bob Wentnall. Bob Wentnall was a billionaire who put his money where his mouth was and salvaged a dying franchise in Montreal and kept them afloat through some good and bad years. And uh, we have to respect him. Uh, he he is a, was a good buddy of uh, David Braley. And David Braley got him into the mm-hmm. league. And uh, if it wasn't for these these men, uh, Bob Young, David Braley, Bob Wetnall, I, I don't think we'd have a CFL right now. So uh, uh, condolences to the Wetnall family. And, uh, yeah, we, we lost a good one. We've lost a couple good ones in the last year. Hopefully we get some good new ones. And last up here, um, the Elks signed Derek Moncrief. Uh, where was he? He was he that was he was down he in was the in NFL. The NFL. Is that okay, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, with the Los Angeles Rams. And he got cut by the Rams, and uh, then the the Elks signed him. Is that correct statement here? Yes. Now, I read something here where he is getting prorated on his season, so he's not being paid for the first four games, obviously, because he didn't play them. But he's getting $140,000 for the remainder of the season. So on a per-game basis, he is the highest-paid linebacker in the CFL. Does he warrant that? Uh, 
say no because he hasn't played in the CFL in two or three years. So how do we know he's going to be any good coming back? There's a long history of guys that have gone down, have been top-level players in the CFL. They've gone down, tried in the NFL, didn't make it, came back up, and were not the same player. So yeah, but it's usually I, not, I have a trouble with that being warranted. They're not defensive players it's usually. usually. I was going to say it's True. usually not linebackers. It's usually receivers, okay? Because mm-hmm. I remember, I don't think Adam Big Hill missed a step. I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, oh, my God, that other guy missed a step either. <laughs> the that other guy, guy in the 100 club. The other guy in the 100 club. <laughs> well, Solly went Played down Solly well, he came back, and he was fine right. the, the next year. That's correct. That's what I was talking about. I'm talking about Solly. So usually it's not defensive players, but, but I mean, it is a different game. So, I mean, yeah, I was going to say one of the things we didn't talk about that I just, that I just remembered because I was watching highlights on TV. Did you guys see Brandon Banks get smoked in the end zone in the Hamilton-Toronto <laughs> yep. game? Oh, my God. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that awesome? Okay. He got blown I up. Love... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, I noticed, Sorry. I noticed that, too, in, like, all of the, uh, all of the uh, uh, Labor Day games. There was a lot of, mo- of emotion in all of them. I mean, I posted yep, one video was. of the uh, Hamilton-Toronto uh, oh. game before the game, and a brawl nearly breaks out during the pregame warm-up. And, of course, Brandon yep. Banks was in the middle of it, and of then he got he popped later, which was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. It, it's been a very skippy yep. league it, so far this year. There's been a lot of after-play yep. antics going on. There's a lot of mouthing off, beacon off, a lot of pushing and shoving that, that isn't normally there. I mean, football, it's, for the most part, is a gentleman's game. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not like hockey. You don't just go by and punch some guy in the head and, you know, drop the gloves and go for it, right? That, that You'll get expelled from the game. In hockey, it's like yep. you get a timeout. It's yep. expected in hockey. So, you know, football's a much more of a gentleman's game. And uh, hey. I think I think there's more brawls in baseball. But that's beside the point. I'm watching, I'm watching highlights of the Hamilton-Toronto game, and the brawl before the game, I noticed Rich Stubler, the fat guy, <laughs> he's, a co- he's, a coach, he's a coach for Toronto. Yes, we know. I thought he was retired. Oh, no, 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 no. he was retired. He's like 75 years old or something like that. I I think he's been divorced like five or six times. I don't think he can retire. I think he loves football. I'm just joking. I'm not saying anything about Rich Stubler. I think he's been married for a very long time. Um, Yeah. I'm going to get hate mail for that one. Yeah, no, he just honestly loves football. And and he's a brilliant football mind. He just he needs to evolve a little more in his play calling. That's but anyhow. I don't think he's gonna evolve much at his age. No, he's not. And I think that that was the problem when he was the de- defensive coordinator in BC. He was still living yep. two decades ago. And uh, the game had evolved and he hadn't. And I'm not going to say 
you know, it, 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 it's going to be the same thing in Toronto. If he's the defensive coordinator and he's calling the defensive plays, Toronto's not going to be a good team. True. Tubler, I think he's a brilliant football mind. I think he's a, pretty, a brilliant defensive strategist. I think he's a really good consultant right now. Mm-hmm. But he has passed his prime. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him as a coordinator at this. No, point. That, and that's what I'm saying. Would I, I would love him to be uh, uh, a consultant to a very good coordinator or something like that. I think that the problem it was he was the defensive coordinator under D. Vaughn, wasn't he? Playbrook. Stubler. Um. I honestly don't remember. Was he was he defensive coordinator? At that point, I didn't think he was. Maybe he was. I'm going to look that I up. Th- I, I think Devon Claybrooks was the defensive coordinator, and Stubler was like the assistant or something. So in, in reality, he was being the defensive guy, while Devon um, was the head coach. I could be wrong. Totally out to lunch. No, you know what? Uh, it says here in 2019, Stubler was the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for the BC Lions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Okay. And that was not a good defense <laughs> that year. That was not a good defense. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a good team. No, it wasn't a good team at all. Yeah. Is it just me? I'm, I'm looking at – I'm going through the headlines on the CFL.ca – CFL.ca, and uh, every time I look at Ryan Dinwiddie, he just looks like a deer in the headlights. He just has this vacant look behind the eyes like he just doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I've thought all along that they moved him to head coach too quickly. Yeah. Didn't have enough experience as an assistant. Well, he was never a coordinator. Yeah, and that's also a problem. And 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 that is the biggest problem. And and I've been harping on this for how many years, Charles? Is that head coaches should not many. be coordinators. It doesn't give no. the the younger ones, the the coming up guys, the opportunity to grow. Dave Dickinson was the offensive coordinator. How can Ryan Dinwiddie grow? Right. And I agree with that. I mean, because uh, there's a couple other head coaches. I think Michael Shea has a, is uh, also a um, – I may be wrong, but there's been a couple other coaches that have been coordinator. I never thought that made sense. I, I think Michael Shea is a special teams coordinator. Right in Winnipeg, but and uh, me as and, your um, head coach, you're right. You shouldn't be a coordinator. No, no. And and and, and is Jamie Elzondo the offensive coordinator? In uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I just don't think it, it is a good plan. I, you need to. You need to learn to delegate. 
And William, you're there. Did uh, Dave Dickinson, does he have an offensive coordinator now? Uh, yes. No, 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 no. Definitely no? Not. He's still the no. offensive coordinator. Yeah, but he does have an assistant head coach, I think. I, I just, I, I just, I've had that problem with this, I, and especially on, on like when Chris Jones was in Saskatchewan when he was the general manager, head coach, defensive coordinator, and chief cook and bottle washer. He had he had another hat too. He had four hats, and I, I just how can that happen? Jamie Elizondo actually has three positions. He's head coach, he's offensive coordinator, and he's the quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Uh, how? Why? And 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 I, I'm so going to blame I'm going to blame it on this uh, management salary cap. Yeah, I, it's got to be. I although it, this happened, this is this was going on for a long time prior to that coming in, but I think it's got more prevalent since this management salary cap has come in because the team saves money by one person wearing multiple hats. You don't get, get, you know, the head coach isn't going to make 500 grand and the coordinators make it 200 grand. And, you know, it, so that mean, doesn't mean the head coach is going to make 700. You might give him 600 or 650. You're going to save $50,000 by him, him wearing two hats as opposed to having two different players or two different people. I, I just, yeah, I just don't like it. I just, I, I don't like it. I never have. Yeah, and if you're the offensive coordinator, you've got to be dealing during practice on with the uh, offense the entire time. So how do you, if you're head coach, how do you go around to the other parts of the team when you're supposed to be working full-time with the offensive coordinator, with the offense? To me, it doesn't work. A head coach is supposed to be like a delegator. They're not supposed to be dealing with just one position if you're going to be a coordinator just be a coordinator then well in reality i I think the names are really mixed up because a head coach to me is a coordinator he has to coordinate his 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 coordinators yeah It, it it seems really silly saying that but really that's what he does right he makes sure that the defensive guy is doing what he's doing the offensive guy is doing what he's doing and the quarterback coach is doing what he's doing and the, the special teams is doing what they're doing. He just, he, it's his job to make sure that all that's happening. Right. And then to make game time decisions. So he's more of an orchestrator, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if he's not orchestrating, he's off coordinating, then how can he orchestrate? Effectively, I'm watching a, a Cody Fajardo interview, and he's he's got a green background with a Saskatchewan Rockers on it, and he's wearing a green jersey with a, a, a black Saskatchewan hat on. You look like a floating head. He, he no, he honestly looks like he's from Saskatchewan. <laughs> He looks like he could. He just fell off a combine. Hmm. I don't know. 
Come on, William. You've seen that before, haven't you? <laughs> oh, he definitely belongs in Saskatchewan. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's a good, and, and they love him, so it, it's a good thing. I just don't... Yep. He's At too least, young. And, well, Derry and Durant never wore Saskatchewan paraphernalia. No, but this is actually right after the game. Yeah. He still has shoulder pads on. Oh, okay. This is the post-game interview, and he's just put a rider's hat on. Yeah, but Darian Durant wouldn't even do that. No, absolutely not. Nope. And I, I don't understand how they loved him so much. I never understood that at all. I never got why was why was he such a big deal in Saskatchewan? He was not that good a quarterback. Uh, oh, I think Matt Nichols is like a better quarterback. To be there all that time. Yeah, but he won one of their four Grey Cups. Okay, so that's why that makes him a legend in Saskatchewan, winning a one Grey Cup. Yep. That's uh, correct. He does have two rings from there. He, he was on the team when they won. Yeah, the one of the backup. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Which I, I never understood how you – your quarterback wins you a Grey Cup and you toss him to the curb. How did they do that to Kerry Joseph? I, it just boggles mine. It, I, I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I really don't. The guy wins you a, quarter, a Grey Cup. Don't you just turn around and go, oh, I better sign this guy long term. Mm-hmm. No, you – Kicked him to the curb. He went to Edmonton, and you brought in Darian Durant. Oh, my good Lord. How does that even make sense? It does not to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just I, it, it's one of those things that boggles the mind. It's, one of, it's, it, it's just fuel for the fire of not liking the Saskatchewan team because I've always said that they're morally and ethically bankrupt. Um, we're under a minute left in the podcast, so we're going to wrap this thing up. This is uh, been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 453. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We got to talk football. Actually, it was a lot better after Charles showed up because then we got to talk about real football. Before that, it was just Will and Christopher talking about COVID and a bunch of other things. and Whether or not we're actually going to get a, season, a complete season this year, which I still don't think we will. I think we're going to get shut down before Grey Cup. Uh, Charles, you say good night. Have a good one. Uh, good night, folks. Thanks for uh, listening. We will talk to you again next week. <coughs> and William. Good night, everybody. Um... Go, Calgary, go. (laughs) I don't think you've ever said that before. (laughs) No, I haven't. You've just expected it. Okay, good night, guys. Thanks for doing it.